So I think it's pretty clear here that the Cavs have won at the trade deadline. I think that they improved a lot on the defensive end, which is where they were lacking the most. I mean, George Hill and Jordan Clarkson are obvious improvements from Isaiah Thomas and Derrick Rose, especially on the defensive end. I also think it's an improvement offensively because George Hill fits the LeBron style of play a little bit more. LeBron needs a a commander as point guard, not necessarily a playmaker like IT. And I think that George Hill is going to be a good composed playoff point guard. I think that Jordan Clarkson is going to bring great energy. Um, my question is, do you think that the Cavs have enough at big? Do you think there's still enough time to make a move? Is Tristan Thompson and Kevin Love going to be enough to, um, to push through and make it make a finals run at this thing? And is there enough time to gel and get the chemistry going before the playoffs? Um, let me know what you guys think. Good evening, sports world. What is happening? Chris Dell here from Go Baller FFS, here to bring you our NBA trade deadline special podcast, sitting with the godfather, Mr. Alan Dell, here to break down the NBA trades of the day. And boy, did we have some trades go down today. The Cavaliers and LeBron James restocking the ammunition for another championship run and just breaking it down, jumping right into it. Two big deals the Cavaliers made. One, giving up Isaiah Thomas and their first round pick in this year's NBA draft to get George Hill and Rodney Hood. Or Actually, that trade was from to get Jordan Clarkson and Larry Nance Jr. The other trade was them getting rid of some other guys, Jay Crowder, Amon Shumper, Channing Fry. So they basically the Cavaliers wind up with George Hill, Rodney Hood, Jordan Clarkson, and Larry Nance Jr., not to mention a second round pick. Mr. Allendell, responding to our guy Kyle Norris' calling right here and just speaking to the rest of the NBA, do the Cavaliers have enough? Well, I think they ought to be dancing in the streets uh, in Cleveland. Uh, do they have enough to beat Golden State? No. But do they have enough to get to the NBA Finals? I think absolutely. I, I think they picked up four guys that are going to help tremendously, and they got rid of all the dead weight. That's a tremendous youth move. It's, it's like uh, you opened up the geriatric clinic someplace and got rid of your people and, and brought in some youth, opened up the local YMCA for all the young guys. So I love it. I like Rodney Hood. I've, I've liked him for a long time. Tall guy, 6'8", guard, can really shoot the ball, play defense. George Hill, perfect complement to LeBron in the backcourt and also can guard big guards, uh, and Isaiah couldn't do that. Uh, Let's not forget the Cavaliers have Kevin Love coming back from yeah. injury and pretty soon now. So that's well, going to be another know, bolster, it, well, at least by the playoffs. Yeah, maybe back two weeks before the end of the regular season. But uh, no, I think Cleveland came out great. Uh, will it be enough for LeBron to stay? It might. Who knows? We'll will it be happens. enough for the, the Cavaliers to get out of the Eastern Conference and beat either the Toronto Raptors or the Boston Celtics or any one of those other teams that are in the mix there? Yeah, it, it might take a while for them to gel. That's the only thing. But if they can gel by the time... Uh, the playoffs start. I don't know if it matters where they're seated. I, they ne it never seems to bother LeBron whether he's got home court advantage in the playoffs. So I mean, look, you're just talking about it with the NBA on TNT guys breaking it down. It's exactly what we were saying as well, is that the Cavaliers gave up every single guy that doesn't even help their team. Isaiah Thomas has been a detriment on the offensive side and especially on the defensive side since he's come back from his hip injury. They get rid of him. Yeah, they trade their first round pick, but that's going to be a pick that's towards the end of the first round. They still keep the coveted Brooklyn Nets pick which could wind up being a top five to ten pick a lottery pick guaranteed now and then they give up they trade back d-wade to the heat they get a second round pick for that okay i like that move because d-wade wasn't helping them either 
Then they get rid of D. Rose, another guy stuck on the bench. They get rid of Jay Crowder, who was probably the most overrated pickup they made in the offseason last year. And then Shumpert and Channing Fry, two guys who just really have kind of played their way out of the main rotation in Cleveland. I think it's an absolutely great move and a great day for the city of Cleveland. Downtown Cleveland celebrating today in the greater Cleveland area about this trade. I think it absolutely puts them right back in the upper echelon of the East because, frankly, these guys were struggling big time. You look at the overall standings, the Cavaliers are still number three, but they're six, seven games out of the first spot in the Eastern Conference, so they won't have that home court advantage the whole way through. But I don't know about beating the Boston Celtics. I think that just became a seven-game series between the new-look Cleveland Cavaliers and the Boston Celtics. I still think Toronto's overrated in terms of them actually winning big games in the playoffs. You still got Washington. You still got Milwaukee. Indiana's been making some noise. Miami's lost five in a row after their big resurgence, and and Philly's hanging on right there in the eighth seed. Obviously, you got the Detroit Pistons. They've won five in a row with Blake Griffin. I, I think the Pistons could make some noise in the first round. They could be a team that upsets the Toronto Raptors in the first round. You heard it here first, Sports World. But we're gonna we're gonna be back in the second segment with our actual trade grades yeah. for the NBA trade deadline. But who else were some big winners no, or losers no, 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 from let me today? Say the number one biggest loser is Isaiah Thomas. He is never gonna get that max big contract that he wanted. The Lakers got they got him. They're gonna release him at the end of the season. They're just uh, creating salary cap space so they can you know sign two big free agents. So absolutely, Isaiah Thomas is the biggest loser in this. Who's going to want him? I mean, he's got to be phenomenal on offense to make up for his defense efficiencies, and he's, he's struggling right now on offense. Yeah, he's, you know, for him, he's got to lead the team in shot attempts. He's got to have the ball in his hands most of the time. And, yeah, and, and what team is willing to let him do that now? Yeah, and the things he said about Ty Lue and, and other stuff, that was terrible. I mean, it's like he wanted to leave. Well, we're going to be back with some trade grades in the next segment, Sports World. All right, Sports World, so staying in line here with our Cavaliers Blockbuster Trades of the Day, our NBA Trade Deadline special podcast here on Go Baller FFS. We appreciate your ear and you tuning in to give us your time on Go Baller FFS and breaking down our trade grades of the day and just talking a little bit more about who the Cavaliers got in this trade and how it could help them. I mean, just like you said in the last segment, George Hill is the perfect point guard. He's a veteran guy, a veteran presence in the locker room. He can shoot the ball. He can be effective on offense and distribute the ball, but he doesn't have to be a point guard who needs the ball in his hands at all time because that's LeBron James' job. So I think that's the guy people were talking about the Cavaliers targeting for a while now. And this guy used to compete against LeBron in the Eastern Conference when the Indiana Pacers had that squad that was going against LeBron almost every single year. George Hill was a big part of that. Don't forget George Hill's defense. He can guard a big guard Absolutely. or a medium-sized guard. That, that's really going to help. I, I like that. As I said, I like Rodney Hood. I, I like Larry Nance, uh, the big guy, you know, son of a former player. And uh, the, uh, Larry Nance Sr. used to uh, had his best years with the Cavaliers back in the day, so that's a little, little special type of pick right there, a little heartfelt felt pick. But, look, Larry Nance Jr., he was, he was part of one of the, uh, you know, the top rookies last season, uh, you know, made All-Star Weekend as part of that rookies versus sophomore game, whatever they're calling it right now. But he's a guy that's six foot nine, 230 pounds, He's only been playing in the league for two years. This is his second season in the league. I mean, the guy is very athletic. Uh, he, you know, averaging averaging eight point six points a game, six point eight rebounds per game in just twenty two minutes. He's a guy that can step in and be effective. And those highlight dunks, can, those highlight dunks can really energize this Cleveland crowd and give LeBron James even more energy going into hey, this playoff push. Give him a, bo- a boost offensively down on a block down low. That that'll help also. So and Jordan Clarkson, let's. Uh... 
Sometimes some people uh, criticize his defense, but let's not forget his shooting and ability to take it to the hole. Uh, I mean, look, Jordan Clarkson's another young guy. Look, he's been in the league for, what, three seasons now. He's averaged double digits in every single season he's been in the NBA. His rookie season with the Lakers averaged 12 points a game, three rebounds, three and a half assists. This year, averaging 14 and a half points, three rebounds, and three assists. And that's in less than 24 minutes a game. This guy's minutes, at this he's playing this career low in minutes out of his four NBA seasons so far in his career it's the guy that can come in and score points in bunches he can play point guard or shooting guard he's six foot five he's got good size out on the wing I think it's a tremendous pickup for the Cavaliers and the perfect type of young guy that can blossom blossom under LeBron James because he can take the LeBron James can take the attention away and open up scoring opportunities for guys like Jordan Clarkson and not to mention Rodney Hood another young guy less than four years in the league Rodney Hood's average average this season a career high 16.8 points he, exactly he's shooting 40 what 42 percent overall from the field which is okay but he's shooting a career high this year 39 percent on threes which is pretty decent expect and I expect that number to go up with LeBron James they still didn't give up Kyle Corver Kevin Love's coming back so this gets this adds shooting this adds offense defense youth and energy yeah. to the Cavaliers it's a win 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 yeah, trade for Cleveland let's not forget all the malcontents that that they Got out of their locker room, too, so that's a big thing. Uh, the only problem maybe is J.R. Smith. I think he's going to have to go back to the bench. He's not going to be able to start in this lineup. I, I see... Uh, but he's probably more effective coming off the yeah, bench, though. Yeah, complain about but I don't see how he can complain about it anymore with Rodney Hood and George Hill in there, so... Uh, but, but again, the, the locker room's going to be a lot better. They got all rid of the headaches. I mean, some of that stuff Isaiah Thompson said in public uh, criticizing Ty Lue is, is absolutely ridiculous that he doesn't make adjustments during the game. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Ty Lue had something to do with his trade. I'm sure if the GM came to Ty and said, how do you feel about us trading uh, Isaiah, he'd say, go ahead, doors open. So. You got you to give the Cavaliers management, their GM, owner yeah. Dan Gilbert, huge props on this day because they were able to get all these guys, offload guys that weren't helping them at all, and not to mention keeping that first-round Brooklyn Nets pick, Mr. Allen Dell. This trade deadline's wearing you out. I'm a little tired over here, man. And just kind of breaking down the end of this trade. Sorry, we were interrupted there for a second. Sports world, some technical difficulties here. What's your final grade, Mr. Allen Dell, for the Cleveland Cavaliers I, today? I give the uh, Cavaliers a B plus, and if they had gotten a DeAndre Jordan or something like that, I'd give them an A. But I give them a B plus because they got rid of all their headaches. They got rid of four young guys that are going to help them. And I give the Cavaliers an A. And I would have given them an A-plus if they would have traded the Brooklyn Nets first-round pick because that could have netted them a guy, whether it's a combination of Kemba Walker, Tyreek Evans, DeAndre Jordan, Lou Williams. There were guys out there they could have gotten on top of that, but a great day nonetheless. I give them an A. We'll be right back. All right, so keeping in with our trade grades of the day here on Go Baller FFS, our official NBA trade deadline special podcast. And we talked about you gave the Cavaliers a B plus, I gave them an A. Would have given them an A plus if they would have traded that Brooklyn Nets pick and maybe say a Tristan Thompson to help them land a guy. Like you said, DeAndre Jordan, a real game changer at the rim. But nonetheless, they became now the, the I think, clear-cut favorites them in Boston, I'd put them right up there head-to-head -head as the favorites to come out of the Eastern Conference. I don't know why people are sleeping on the Boston Celtics if they, they can't do it, but uh, I think you look at the Western Conference side of this, and the Lakers, I mean, yeah, they cleared up some cap space. They got a first-round pick, even though it's going to be a late, late first-round pick from the Cavaliers. They offloaded Jordan Clarks' contract, which I guess they paid him too much for in the beginning. 
Um, Lakers overall, I mean, I, I don't look at them as, as a team that's going to re-sign Isaiah Thomas. There's talks that Isaiah Thomas could be bought out. According to ESPN and a few other outlets, Rachel Nichols got a text from Isaiah Thomas's agent saying in all capital letters that he would not play if they don't start him. And this is a Lakers team that's got some real young talent. They've got a young, talented coach. They've got Magic Johnson in ownership. They're not going to take this crap from IT. What do you think about all this? Well, I think, uh, Isaiah's lost. <laughs> He's lost his mind. I mean, first of all, going public criticizing Ty Lue, and then criticizing before that Kevin Love, and now this, I won't come off the bench. Well, well, I don't think the Lakers will, will buy him out because that would hurt their salary cap. As far as grading the Lakers, the Lakers had only one goal in this deal, and that was the clear salary cap. Isaiah Thomas's contract is up at the end of this year, and they're not going to re-sign him. So they achieved their goals, they what you're did. saying. So you, you could actually give them an A if you want, if, if for achieving their goals. I, I wouldn't go that far, but I'll, I'll give them a B, B minus, because they wanted to clear his cap straight. But I don't know if they wanted to get rid of Larry Nance, even though they say it was between him and Randall, because so, uh, I think Lance could really help. Yeah, I think Nance. Nance is such an athletic guy. I mean, he's going to be in the dunk contest this All-Star weekend coming up here in a few weeks. And you look at the Lakers in the in the Western Conference. I mean, come on, they're seven and three in their last ten. They've won three games in a row. I'm not going. I'm not saying they're going to do it now, but they're six games out of the eighth seed in the Western Conference. This is a team that could actually make the playoffs. And, yeah, they got rid of Clarkson, they got rid of Nance, but they still got a lot of talented guys. And the future of that team, the staples of the Los Angeles Lakers are Lonzo Ball and Kyle Kuzma. Yeah, and, that's, but, and that's two rookies right there. And, by the way, uh, Isaiah Thomas wants to start and put Lonzo on the bench. That, that's never going to happen. So, I don't know where he's going to start. I mean, uh, Caldwell Pope, I guess, is, is the off guard. He starts. With Lonzo Ball, so I don't know what they're going to do there, Isaiah. I, I think it's dreaming. Hey, it's too bad. It's sad, but that's the way it is. This, this is a business. He got injured. He missed out on that big money. I agree. So he's the biggest loser of the trade deadline, Isaiah Thomas, overall. And I think you got to look, and I said this earlier, the Boston Celtics are the biggest winner today because what is that that just happened? They traded Isaiah Thomas to get Kyrie Irving almost in a straight-up deal this past summer when Kyrie Irving demanded a trade reportedly out of Cleveland, and they are the absolute clear-cut winners. Danny Ainge continuing to work his magic and screw over different players and teams, and you you can't deny that Brad Stevens makes every player that that plays for him look good, and he made Isaiah Thomas the absolute best time of his career when he was playing for uh, your boy Brad Stevens. I mean, look at Isaiah Thomas is five foot nine, wearing five pairs of socks. Okay, he's in his seventh season. He's about to turn thirty years old. This this guy's completely lost value as a max player, and just the way he struggled, not just the way he struggled on offense. I think everyone knew that was going to happen, but struggling on defense the way he has so mightily and so evidently in this whole stretch. This guy averaged twenty nine points a game for Boston last year. I think people have forgotten that already. Averaging 14 and a half points this this season for the Lakers. I give the Lakers a B minus. I think it's good that they freed up cap space, but they've already said they're not going after any big time free agents in, until 2019, which is when guys like Kawhi Leonard and Jimmy Butler are going to be available. Demarcus Cousins is going to be available this summer, but he's still hurt. Paul George is available, but it's looking like he might stay with Oklahoma City. And do the Lakers really want Paul George? Is Paul George a game changing franchise player? I, I don't I don't know about that, man. I, I, I think the biggest loser is Isaiah Thomas, and I think the, the rest of the losers are the, the, the other teams in the Eastern Conference that didn't make moves. 
right besides the Celtics, which I think are still up there with the Cavs, the Raptors. Well, the Knicks made them in the move, but they're losers. Oh, we'll, we'll, we'll get to the Knicks pick. We'll, we'll get to the Knicks trade. We'll get to the Magic trade here in a little bit. Wanted to break down the biggest news of the day first. Call in Sports World here on Anchor. Let us know what are your trade grades, who are your biggest winners and biggest losers from this blockbuster NBA trade deadline day. You're listening to Go Baller FFS. We will be right back. All right, so we talked enough about the Cavaliers and the Lakers now moving forward to the rest of the teams that were involved. And let's say a little bit of smaller trades of the day. Your New York Knicks, Mr. Allen Dell, the godfather, made a deal here. You had to go through the entire Knicks roster before you could even guess who that trade was. So getting rid of your boy Dougie McBuckets, Doug McDermott, part of a three-way deal between the Mavericks, the Nuggets, and the Knicks. The Knicks landing former top 10 first-round pick Emmanuel Moutier, who fell out of favor in Denver this season, falling behind Jamal Murray at the point guard position over there. Murray's had a great season. Moutier, not so much. One of the top three guards in the league in terms of struggling to shoot the ball effectively from the outside. This guy hasn't developed the way people thought, but he's still young. He still has upside, but he joins a very crowded New York Knicks backcourt, right? Especially with the loss of Porzingis. I thought they'd go after maybe more of a small forward or a bigger guy here. Excuse me. I'm still in mourning over Christophe Porzingis, torn ACL. Sorry for your loss, Mr. Allen. It's going to be a long time to get over that. Uh, Moutier, who knows? Uh, the The best thing that might happen is Jared Jack might not get off the bench anymore, which he doesn't need to. They should get rid of him. But Neil Aquina needs to play. The Knicks aren't going to make the playoffs. It's better for them to lose every game, get a high pick in a draft. So I, I don't know what Moody is going to bring. I'd pay. I'd play Neil Aquina over 30 minutes a game and let, let him make all the mistakes in the world. He needs the experience. Like I said, maybe they'll get a lottery pick. Uh, I don't know what Moody is going to do. He, he didn't. He he had the job in, in Denver and he lost it. You know, they, there's not. They, he could never shoot coming out of college. He couldn't shoot. And now his defense is a little questionable, so he's better than Jared Jack. But didn't they just bring up Trey Burke, a yeah, former Jazz guard, they, former first-round pick? They're saying they, they got so many points. They got yeah. the most point guards in the yeah, league got, on this and team. And they have Ron, uh, Ron Baker, but he's been hurt. He's out for the year with a shoulder injury. So I mean, just o- overall for the Knicks, I mean, I, I agree they don't have any playoff aspirations anymore. That went down with Chris yeah. Tasporzingis' knee. So. And in the Knicks, they look like they're a mess, a mess administratively. I don't know what they're doing. I, I, I think trading Hernan Gomez – that's the worst move. I don't know why they did that. They didn't have to trade him. Let him play now. And, and what did they? What did they get? A second round pick out of that? That's yeah. it. I mean, I mean, come on. I mean, what do they? I, I I put down as the Knicks as one of the losers of the day. Talking about winners I, and losers I, I, I here. I would give the Knicks a D. I gave them a C minus. So it looks like we're a little bit closer because I like the pl- the pickup of a potential guy like Moutier who still has some upside if he can be worked the right way. But, but what are they doing with all these point guards and the teams? Like you said, Ron Baker, Trey Burke, Tim Hardaway Jr. still handles the ball at times for that team. You got Jared Jack still there. Courtney Lee's a smaller guard. They got a lot of small guards on this team. Moutier's got size, at least. Yeah, at least yeah. Moutier's six foot well, five. Nella King has got size, too. They yeah, that's right. He is six foot five as well. That's right. So, man, maybe they can start them in the backcourt. Uh, Courtney Lee, uh, I was hoping they'd get rid of him. I thought maybe they'd get a little bit of value for him or maybe Kyle O'Quinn. His name was floated around a lot, Courtney Lee, but doesn't look like I don't think he would have brought much more than a second round pick. It's the same thing that happened with the Memphis Grizzlies. They've been benching Tyreek Evans, who's having a career year. 
former, what, number one pick overall, Tyreek Evans in the league, and now you're talking about a guy that didn't get traded. The Memphis Grizzlies well, thought they were going to get a first-round pick out of that deal, and they were just offered second-rounders, and now they're keeping them. Yeah, well, Memphis probably, Grizzlies, another loser of this trade-down list of Memphis Grizzlies. Probably they, they didn't get what they wanted. Charles Barkley, as he said on uh, TNT, some some people think they're uh, they're with uh, the Playboy Bunny when they're actually just with the rabbits. Yeah, touche to Charles Barkley because that's a 110 percent accurate statement in regards to this situation here. And I'm going to bring up two more losers of this trade deadline. I don't want to give them too much airtime because these are t- frankly two terrible franchises who don't deserve airtime. The Orlando Magic, my former favorite team, and the Phoenix Suns, completely making a completely irrelevant trade. Magic getting rid of Alfred Payton, Alfred Payton and his god awful haircut to the Phoenix Suns for a second-round pick and nothing more. Alfred Payton, the former top-ten pick in the draft. And now, and now he's worth a second-round pick. Second round, I mean, I guess we get something out of it. I don't, but, you know, what's that second-round pick going to be when we've been making very yeah, bad yeah. picks? I mean, come on. Aaron Gordon's name was floated around, but frankly, at, at this point in time, he's the only valuable asset the Magic have going forward as a franchise. Well, maybe Tom Thibodeau. I got a feeling he's going to pick up Derrick Rose and maybe he can bring him back to life again. So. Well, there's, there's, some in, there's some interesting guys on the buyout radar that could be yeah. scooped up by some playoffs. I know the Thunder might be in contention for some of those guys. Joe King Noah might be another guy. Yeah, I would. I like Noah. I, I still think he can play. He can play defense. But Hornacek, uh, he doesn't. I don't want to. He's lost. Let me put it that way. So you give the Knicks a D. I give him a C minus. We'll be back with one more segment breaking down the NBA tra- trade deadline special here on Go Ball. All right, Sports World, back here with the final segment on Go Baller FFS, our NBA trade deadline special podcast, sitting here with the godfather, Mr. Alan Dell. I'm your host, Chris Dell, the mad journalist. We've been giving out our trade grades for the day, and a team that didn't make much noise today, but did make a blockbuster trade about a week ago, acquiring Blake Griffin from the Clippers is the Detroit Pistons winners of five games in a row undefeated since Blake Griffin has brought Lob City to Detroit. Him and Andre Drummond now forming one of the best front courts and big man duos in the league, especially now with Cousins injured. Besides the Pelicans, Anthony Davis and Cousins, I think Blake Griffin and Drummond is the best 4-5 combo in the league. Tougher to win in today's league with when, when your two best players are big men. Let's just put it yeah, that way. Blake Griffin can shoot, though. He can, and he can handle the ball, and he can pick. The guy can dribble pass. I think Blake, you know, people get enamored with his dunks and, and all the highlights and Lob City, this and that. The fact he's dating a Kardashian, blah, 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 blah. But you look at these, I think he's one of the most underrated players in the league. He's just got to stay healthy consistently. I mean, this guy, when he was teamed up with Chris Paul, was winning 60 games a year for the Clippers, and they were one of the top contenders in the Western Conference. So I, I give the Pistons an A. When, when you look back at the entire trade deadline and leading the weeks leading up to that deadline, and your boy Stan Van Gunny continuing to make moves, got back his former boy, Jameer Nelson, in a trade that had some veteran locker room experience. Jameer Nelson, who started at point guard for many years with Stan Van Gundy with the Orlando Magic back in the day when it was Nelson and Dwight Howard, now rejoined Stan Van Gundy. And they also made a move to get James Ennis, a guard who's fell out of the rotation in Memphis, who's actually a young, solid player with some upside. So Stan Van Gundy making moves in Detroit. You said he was on the hot seat a week well, back when he, he made the Blake Griffin trade. Not so much right now. No, he may have... Uh reincarnated himself uh, from the dead so we'll, we'll see what actually that trade is looking outstanding uh, I was a little uh, surprised that Blake Griffin wasn't named to uh, 
replaced Porzingis on the All-Star roster. They gave it to Kemba Walker instead. I, that kind of surprised me. I, I thought it should have gone to either Blake Griffin or Lou Williams. Well, how about Lou Williams yeah, getting well, a three-year extension yeah. with the Clippers? Yeah, on the cheap, he's only getting paid $8 million a year. Three years, $24 mil. That's Jerry West. You know, he's running the Clippers these days. It's a bargain buy right there for the Clippers. I don't know what they're doing with Lou Williams and DeAndre Jordan or for the future of that team, so to speak, right now. I know they got some picks from the Pistons. They got Tobias Harris, Avery Bradley. But let's move on to some other pressing matters in the NBA and potential buyouts, guys who could get bought out of their current contracts as it stands after the deadline and get and get uh, signed by actual playoff and title contending teams. We, ne- we went through the list here on, on USA Today's OKC Thunderwire. Would you jump in real quick, Mr. Yeah, Allen let, Let's stop, not forget to mention Dwayne Wade and a nostalgia move. He's going there. They dealt him, Cleveland dealt him back to Miami, so that's good for him. He can finish his where he spent 13 years with the Miami Heat. So. I guess they, they, how, they how long does he stay around for is the question. Uh, maybe this is it or next year, but maybe they rearrange that. Maybe he wanted to go back. Well, let, let's talk about some buyout potential candidates. I'm going to run down this list. You tell me uh, which ones, if any of them, have a chance to actually impact a playoff contender. we got Joe Johnson being traded from Utah to the Kings. Potential buyout candidate right there. Derrick Rose. Jazz reportedly are going to release Derrick Rose. we got Isaiah Thomas in the reports there. Joe Kim Noah. Marco Bellinelli, Boris Diaw, Maurice Spates, and Tony Allen. Which one, if any of these guys, can actually help a playoff contender? Well, Derrick Rose, he, he will likely go with Thibodeau, and then he might help his, you know, their team. Let's talk about a sentimental move of my of Dwayne Wade going back to Miami. What if Derrick Rose and Joe Kim Noah, who were formerly the top two players for the Chicago Bulls, who actually were contenders to make the finals at, at a few years back in their heyday. Both of these guys in in their in their past prime ages could be rejoining Tom Thibodeau in Minnesota. Yeah. But if these guys are coming off the bench, they could actually be impact players for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Yeah, I don't know how much Derrick Rose have, have, has left. He averaged 18 a game for the Knicks last year, but he was just driving and shooting and not helping anybody else and not playing defense. He didn't want to play defense. Jeff Horn is second those point guards, man. I mean, Isaiah, I, I think... Isaiah Thomas... Not much help defensively. What if he goes to the Thunder? You think he can help them out? He can't play defense. I think Joe Johnson could help a playoff team out and give some scoring off. The, the guy could average 10 to 15 points a game yeah, easily off the bench. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Boris Diaw, he's playing in France right now. He's a little bit, you know, past his prime to say the lead. Very past his prime. Bellinelli can shoot the ball. I don't know. Spades, Tony Allen, these guys oh, seem yeah. like they're they're past their day of really helping out contenders here, man. Tony Allen's my boy, but not not to hate on him at all. Um, I mean, just a crazy day overall. Cavs give them an A. Lakers, B-minus. Knicks, 